Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the New Normal. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy, trying to make the world seem a little more normal. And today, I don't know if we're going to achieve that goal, but we'll try. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the New Normal. You got the video playing in the background there, Jay? Trying to make the world seem a little more normal. Shoot, I'm sorry. I don't know how to turn Today, I don't know if we're going to achieve that goal, but we'll try. Yeah, I may turn off the. I'll turn off the speaker. All right, cool. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. But as I was saying, today we're going to try, and my guest today is Jay, who had a unique thing, a unique item happen to him, and we're going to talk about it. So, Jay, first and foremost, welcome, and how are you doing today? Howdy. I'm awake, alive, and ready to go. Well, that's perfect, because the first question I always ask in my podcast is, what got you into the paranormal slash spiritual world? I was a pothead kind of partier, amoral douchebag in college and uh, kind of lost all track and was pretty much down. And then I met a Bible guy at uh, the gym and he invited me to church and I started uh, devouring Christianity and you know, i just completely trying to make my life the way it's supposed to be and be a good boy and all that shit. And, uh, did that for, you know, six, seven years, pretty hardcore. And then I went in the army and ended up in Germany and every, uh, lost a lot of the shine of the religion. And then just as I went deeper and deeper into it and questioned the validity of it, uh, finally came to the conclusion. I got out of the army, moved to Denver, moved to Coeur d'Alene. And then I, uh, it was sort of a sole thing to go to Coeur d'Alene. I had no, but I didn't know anybody here. I had three kids and a wife, no job. And I moved here just because, and, uh, that's in Idaho, you know, beautiful, small town is kind of idyllic place. And, uh, we bought a house on a street with lots of trees. And I remember walking down the street, and asking myself kind of final answer. Remember that game show where they're like, final answer? You know, I was like, because I had been mixed about whether I believed it or not, you know, and, and it just kept making less and less sense. And I thought about the, the Bible verse where God orders genocide in, I can't remember what book, but anyway, he orders genocide, kill all the women, kill all the children, kill all the animals, kill everybody. <laughs> I'm like, okay, did God order genocide or did they make that up as an excuse to kill these people, you know? And I just I just decided they made it up. And then I said to myself, I don't believe it. Like, in a, re in a real way where that was the final answer, there was no back and forth. I don't believe it. And when I did say that to myself, uh, walking down the street, all of a sudden, uh, the, there was so much mental bullshit going on trying to fit the world, fit myself into the scriptural type stuff. 
and all of a sudden that was gone. And all of a sudden I was like, my eyes were wide open. You know, it's like, I could see everything. It was my own mind. It was me again, instead of me filtered through all this crap that I was trying to edit myself with. And, uh, at that moment I said, I'm going to find something new to replace Christianity. Cause I was really pissed off about it, you know? Yeah. And that's, I made a motto cause I was uh, in college. I was kind of thinking, you know, as miraculous as everything is just in its simple being, just in the very, very most rudimentary sense of everything, every speck of creation is like hugely miraculous. You know, it's like, it's unbelievably intelligent, every speck of everything. And so I thought, you know, reality is God because there can't be anything more unfathomable, unfathomable than reality itself. So I said, reality is God. And then I wanted to be real. And I felt like if we were natural, uh, like a deer or an antelope or, you know, any kind of animal just does what they're going to do. And they don't think about it. They don't have second guesses inside themselves. And they don't edit their behavior through an ego or whatever, you know, so they just are naturally what they are and they're innocent in that way. And then, so I thought, okay, reality is God. When you pretend or lie, you cease to exist, you die. So your, your true self is gone. As soon as you pretend anything, or as soon as you lie, as soon as you alter what's real to, for some end or for some, uh, you know, moral thing or what, you know, whatever, whatever reason people alter, the way they are to fit something anytime you do that you die the, the true you is not there there's some facsimile of you that isn't really you and so that was my motto reality is god when you pretend to lie you cease to exist you die and then uh i went online and i was like completely real so i blasted christianity as a kind of like the pioneer of uh larping sort of a, i went on newsmax forum and there was culture society and i blasted Christianity. I told my wife, I don't, you know, I was in a kind of a bad relationship marriage. And, uh, I told her I didn't want to have a divorce because we still had three kids and I loved my kids. And, but I wanted to have a girlfriend. She said, I couldn't care less if you have a girlfriend, you know? So I just started going on the, on the binge of chasing women, trying to find the one, you know, and thinking romantically about it. I was kind of into Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, however you say her name at the time. And, uh, basically made a fool of myself for my ideal of being real you know i would just completely try to be real no matter what and say whatever whenever and i anyway uh it's a super huge story so it's going to be hard to kind of condense it but uh eventually i started to go down i told people online i said i'm going down you know i'm gonna i literally sacrificed myself because i knew i would be unable to function in the world as being real as being you know because everybody has to shade who they really are to get in and fit in and you know so uh i told them online watch watch me fall you know i'm gonna go down and so that was my mission was to uh really just go so far into the depths somehow i didn't really know how just like i'm gonna go into the depths and find something new and uh replace religion you know that was my like I was about 40 years old at the time and I was thinking that's going to be because I didn't want to just go down as another nobody and I wanted to be a hero, you know, and also I was very pissed off at Christianity because I thought it and, and all the spiel that people put out there to make it seem real and make it seem true, but it's all BS, you know, I'm 100% sure of that and I was 100% sure of it and I've never changed the slightest little bit. So anyway, 
as I go down, I get fired, you know, I get fired, I get fired, I get divorced, I get all this terrible crap happens to me. And uh, that's okay. Do you got to talk to her? No, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I locked the door for a reason. Okay. So anyway, yeah, I get uh, in this situation where I'm trying to cover, I go into real estate, you know, from fired at my job, job, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I had, my dad was a realtor, so I thought I'll go into real estate. And I love Coeur d'Alene. I thought people need to come here. It's a beautiful place, you know. And I was very, very successful right away, but I was still doing my stupid crap with being real. And like, if I got a woman on the phone in the real estate business, I'd be all flirty with her. If she, if her voice was, if her voice made me feel flirty, I would be flirty. I wouldn't like not be flirty because I had to be professional or something. You know, I just went, yeah. went for whatever and ended up in a house with a woman getting caught, but not quite caught. And, it, and so I could lie about it and she lied about it and we made up a story and kind of got away with it. But I was a liar, you know, my my ideal of uh, reality is God. When you pretend to lie, cease to exist, you die. I didn't match up to my ideal at all. It was kind of like and when I walked into the office, people knew that I was lying or I just felt like they did. I had like this. And uh, at that point, I kind of completely shut down my idealism and my want to be a hero type crap, you know, and I just, okay, I'm, I'm done with this bullshit. You know, I mean, I didn't consciously say that to myself, but I was just, I was so uh, beaten down by the consequences of my behavior and stuff that I uh, gave up without consciously giving up. You know what I mean? It's like, I was just in survival mode. And I, I met this guy in real estate who was a super genius real estate developer and, we started doing business and hanging out and doing jet ski stuff. He had a place on a lake and I met this girl that lived on the same lake across from him. And we ended up making super good money on real estate deals that I found, you know, I was like a really good finder. I could find yeah. deals that just made people's eyes pop, you know, and boom. So we did a million six dollar deal and 600,000. And then uh, he used that money to build a, man-made lake real estate project that was like that was going to make me a millionaire i mean all i had to do was stay in the game and sell this but in the meantime he was torturing me uh psycho sexual mind torture telling me horrible things and one of the things he said was uh bend over i'll drive because i was driving a golf cart and, he, and when i i was still sort of subconsciously in my be real mode and i imagined bending over and letting him drive in a violent way. And he told me how big he was. And, you know, it's just the most miserable. And, and my girlfriend was in love with him, you know, and it was the horrible situation. He dominated me like I've never, you couldn't even imagine how bad it was, uh, the domination and the trauma I was in because of my girlfriend being in love with him. And, you know what I mean? It's like, and, I, and at the same time, I'm in real estate deals with him trying to make, you know, get rich. And uh, so, I imagine that happening, bend over, I'll drive. I imagine that in my mind, it, what it did was it created a uh, torpedo, psychic torpedo into my belly <laughs> that basically put a hole in my world of not, I mean, we're talking literal, we're talking a literal black hole occurred in my soul. I became a literal black hole, which took me years to figure out what it was, but it was a uh, 
psychic black hole with, with strands of like I don't know what the fibrous type material it's it's electrically fibrous but it's maybe not physically fibrous that uh took there's like a point of singularity that goes up into my brain and shit and uh this is 2003 this happened and then it took like six eight months for the it's kind of like a snow globe the consciousness going down into the black hole and after a year or so i just couldn't function my eyes were freaking twisted and everything and the real estate deal was going and you know i had to back out of it because i just couldn't maintain anymore and they ended up screwing me out of the money i was supposed to make by setting up the deal and i was broke had no friends because as when you go about and tell everybody you got a girlfriend you're married and your wife doesn't care and you know all the shit people hate you <laughs> And you're going against everything most people believe with Christianity. And, you know, just I had no support system in place. I had thrown everything away, you know, basically truly sacrificed myself. And so all of a sudden I'm this deranged. I was I was within a millimeter of being a millionaire. Instead, I'm a deranged beggar with nothing. And uh, anyway, so. Long forgotten mission, absolute, completely vanquished, utterly gone was the any notion that i would be a hero and find something new i mean i was literally laying on my back 12 hours a day unable to do anything and twisted deranged uh <laughs> crap people would see me uh at coffee shops and stuff or wherever i would go and look at me like that guy. you know that guy's evil that guy's evil you know there's <laughs> just automatic like there's something seriously wrong with that guy but i got tortured it wasn't me that was bad it was the torturer that was bad and so uh, I checked out a book, the library called The Way of the Wizard by Deepak Chopra. And it talked about the heart and the mirror uh, image not being the real you. Like there was this, the character in the book was uh, one of those English folklore guys. Uh, anyway, Merlin. Merlin uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Merlin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so uh, Merlin's telling his little student guy, uh, you know, you're innocent because you don't think about what you look like, basically, you know, uh, because he wouldn't wash his face. He'd like go days without washing his face and had no idea what he looked like. He says, that's, that's your innocence. And, uh, you know, that's anyway, it's talking about the heart and the cave of the truth cave of the heart is the home of truth and all this stuff. And I was just reading it. This is a pretty small book, you know, with like little snippets of wisdom and stuff with little tiny illustrated stories. But I, uh, well, like I said, I was, my face was, I used to be kind of more into myself than I should be looking in the mirror and stuff, kind of hanging out, kind of wanting to be a model type poser type guy, you know? Uh, so I go to the mirror and I look like this wretched old man, not old necessarily, but you know, just wretched person looking in the mirror. It's like, I'm looking at this wretched person and, uh, I look at my heart in the mirror. I'm like looking at a mirror and I'm I like, look at my heart and then I close my eyes and I kind of somehow find my way into my heart where I feel my inner child or, you know, I recognize myself from second grade when I was a teacher's pet. It was like this special me that the teacher loved that I was this guy that could add numbers instantaneously on the chalkboard and stuff. And she had me correct the papers of all that. You know what I mean? It was like this what special relationship yeah. I had with this special teacher. And uh, I felt that same person inside my heart somehow. I, you know, I, I can't describe how I did it, but I went down. I searched in my soul, and my, I was in my heart. 
and I felt the inner child me and I said, this is me with my eyes closed instead of that's me in the mirror. This is, this is me instead of that. And, you know, I was traumatized. So there was like a huge amount of like this massive, horrible energy in my body. And that kind of went, poof, it kind of started going. Poof. And then there was like this indescribable, I mean, total freaking light in my consciousness, my awareness, my brain, whatever. Uh, and the words, this is going to change the world were in my mind without me thinking. It was just like, this is going to change the world. I mean, that's absolutely positively, factually, as certain as any human being could be of anything. This is going to change the world. And then look your heart in the mirror was the new, the words that popped into my head is like, look your heart in the mirror. Cause you say, people normally say, look yourself in the mirror. You know, it's like, it's bullshit. You can't see yourself. Yourself is totally ephemeral. You can't see it. It's a, it's a beingness, you know, that's yourself. And the true self is in the heart. So look your heart in the mirror. And then I thought mirror jewelry. And I thought I'll, uh, I'll make jewelry to symbolize this thing. And at the same time, I mean, this is all in the process of like three to five seconds. And it's like, I thought the jewelry is going to be, uh, really hard sell because i'm freaking, you know i'm so, i'm wretched a man just terribly looking you know my mind doesn't work hardly and so i had this revelation right then like uh it took another week to remember that i had declared a mission to find something new to go into the depths that's how bad how far gone i was from that it took another week i'm like because i you go two years with no money no job everybody hates you you're laying on your back you don't recognize yourself. You have no idea what the fuck is going on. I didn't have, I didn't even know that it was the bend overall drive that really did it. It was just, all I knew is I was pathetic. So, uh, then all of a sudden things started to make sense. It's like, I declared a mission to go into the depths and find something. Knock it off, Bella. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, holy crap. And I tell my kids, oh my God, I'm going to be famous. You guys, I'm going to be famous. I look, you know, it's going to be looking. And then my kids got tired of it eventually, you know, but they were kind of excited about it at first. And I drew a nice picture of a heart in the mirror accidentally. You know, I was like, I drew a picture from my uh, intuitive side or whatever that turned out to be a heart in a mirror, like a smiling physical heart. It was a cute little picture for kids. And then uh, six months later, you know, I don't know, three four or five months later, I looked at this painting that I did in uh, Monterey. I was in the army as a linguist and I studied Russian and I just wanted to paint my ideal world. Right. So I just kind of, not as a painter, not as an artist, just I'm going to paint my ideal world and do the best I can. And uh, I painted this building and a lake and these spirits running around doing kind of weird dances. And I was weird dancing in the clubs, you know, and the, the building that I, painted looks exactly like the Coeur d'Alene Resort and the lake is right there just like the Coeur d'Alene Resort and the sidewalks out front where the spirits are dancing looks like the Coeur d'Alene is like I painted Coeur d'Alene 20, 15, whatever years before I ever saw it and knew of it and so I'm like holy crap I painted this town and then Coeur is uh, Coeur d'Alene, Coeur means heart and I and it was like all of a sudden I was like holy this is amazing amazing and I haven't even begun to tell how amazing it is right this is just like the Okay, we're gonna give you like a few breadcrumbs on the way. The uh, intro. It's been. It's it's intro. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting rolling. We're getting rolling, right? So, uh, what's the first thing that happened? The first thing that happened is uh, I made a jewelry. I made jewelry uh, out of clay, like a ton of them, right? And I got this feeling in my hands of what would convey the message of best, or you know, clay around a mirror and hang it. 
and then I had a jeweler who uh, told me she would do one for me, like a for silver, you know, like uh, to make a yeah. mold out of. And uh, I couldn't decide what shape because I had all these shapes. I was like, I couldn't decide. So I'm walking to her office, and I see the rounded triangle with a circle in the middle of a. It's like the Department of Interior sign on a playground or something. I'm like, holy crap, that's this. It was just like, boom, that's the shape because it had everything that I, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the shape. And so I go and I tell her, make that shape. And she's like, okay, okay. But then she turned it upside down. She turned it like this because she thought it was uh, Masonic like this, right? So she uh, turned it upside down, but it was beautiful. So I send a prospectus to Starbucks to uh, sell look your heart in the mirror jewelry in Starbucks. Right. And that was a big day for me. It's like, I'm putting this package together. Uh, got it. It's hard for people to, they, they take one segment of it and kind of focus on it. But it's, this whole thing is like, a, it's a woven tapestry. You can't, everything's connected together. Right. I was deranged, madman, broke on the brink of death. My, uh, landlord, who happens to live in rescue California invested in look your heart in the mirror and kept me alive. Basically let me live in the house for free or, you know, barely any rent or kicked in or, you know what I mean? Just, and then yeah. he'd pitch, push a little money here and there. But, uh, so on the day that I made the prospectus to send to Starbucks, uh, I come home exactly from sending it. Right. I'm, I'm on my bike. I drive a little bicycle. I'm like a monk and it has a little basket on the front. And so I come home from FedEx. I think I sent the prospectus from and uh, open my mailbox. I mean, his mail came two or three o'clock every day. It was two or three o'clock. It hadn't been in my mailbox more than an hour. Impossible. So I like pull out the Rolling Stone magazine. Right. And here's, you know, put it in my bike basket. I'm going to go celebrate that. I sent my prospectus to Starbucks. Right. Yeah. And the first place I go, or I kind of don't know where to go. I don't know where I'm going, but I like it's intuitive pizza hut because I like the salad bar. It's like pizza hut salad bar. I'm going to really, cause I'd been living on nothing. You know, <laughs> like I had nothing. I was living on nothing, but I'm like, I'm going to go to pizza hut and have the salad bar. So I sit down at pizza hut and I've got the Rolling Stone magazine and I open it up. Uh, the first page I opened to is a story called Kid Cannabis, which is about pot smugglers who were in Canada. Uh, they, or they lived in Coeur d'Alene. They'd go up to Canada with backpacks and hike across the border with pounds and pounds and pounds of marijuana. And then they ended up having like a huge empire. They were the biggest dealers and they had all the money, all the bling, you know, so the story, uh, Rolling Star was the first, the first words I read in the story, Nate was a high school dropout who worked at Pizza Hut in Coeur d'Alene. And I'm sitting at Pizza Hut in Coeur d'Alene. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't possibly make that up. It was so freaking crazy. I'm, I'm just fucking dumbfounded. Oh my God, that is so wild, right? That's, so some show, that's some synchronicity right there. That's a magin. That's because how could you, and that's where you go into, you know, eventually the God speaks to me, but it's like, to that degree of what do you call it omniscience yeah that degree of omniscience is unfathomable it's just impossible so you're like okay the goddess uh compared to like miracles that are described in the bible which are idiot miracle 
things. I mean, any any person can make them up. They're yeah. they're they're just they're so silly. Uh, a snake turned into, a stick turned into a snake, or you know, crap like that. It's like they're just stupid things that people can make up and they, because they can't imagine anything truly miraculous where it'd be like, oh my god, you can't explain that otherwise, you know. So anyway, that that's just a off, uh, you know, side note that the miracles in the Bible are stupid <laughs> compared to this is a freaking miracle beyond imagination that you could not possibly have orchestrated that or made it up or anything. It's like, okay, but this is real and it isn't even over yet. So I'm, I open up the next thing to in the Rolling Stone magazine is Paul McCartney on a bike that looks about like mine. I'm like, that's kind of freaking cool, you know, because <laughs> he's, he's in this spread where he's riding this humble bicycle, right? And he got boom, 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 Paul McCartney. He's like, he's totally featured. And I'm, I'm like, and it looks like mine. And, you know, I'm like, that's freaking, because I had, understand this bicycle was just a junk bike because it's just a junk bike but paul mccartney's look about the same you know <laughs> that's kind of cool so i go home and i'm uh thinking about this and i call my landlord i don't remember i think it must have been like a week later because i didn't talk to my landlord every day and it was just like probably took me a while to freaking digest this and everything but i'm talking to my landlord about it soon after and i and i say the stuff about the kid cannabis and lived in court or, you know, worked at pizza hut and I'm sitting at pizza hut. And then I tell him the next story open to is uh, Paul McCartney on a bike that looks like mine. And he says, I got tickets to see Paul McCartney in three nights. <laughs> so, and he had, a, I had sent him a pendant, right? So he has a yeah. pendant in his mailbox. He's got tickets to see Paul McCartney in three nights. And I'm like, Holy shit, give the pendant to Paul McCartney, give it to security, do something, give that pendant to Paul McCartney, put a little note on it, just see what happens. Who knows? And that ended up being absolutely nothing. You know, I don't know Paul McCartney ever probably got it, probably not. You know, from somebody probably just, you know, whatever security person said, hey, here's a nice necklace or whatever, you know. So, yeah. but anyway, that was the that was the freaking mind-blowingest coincidence ever. And then they kept happening, coincidence like that. I sued the guy that tortured me, and I didn't even think about the dates at the time, particularly. I, I filed the suit on December 7th, which was uh, – my older brother's birthday and it's Pearl Harbor day. And my older brother was uh, kind of black sheep, did crappy shit to me and, you know, made me real, feel really bad at times and just kind of a nemesis type brother type guy. And uh, yep. so, and I didn't think about, oh, it's December 7th. It, just, it was months later where I realized I filed the suit on December 7th because they, the other dates started getting kind of crazy, you know. So they deposed me on Valentine's Day, right? So I remember thinking, okay, because I was waiting, 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 waiting for them to depose me. And I'm pro se. I don't have a lawyer. I have no idea what's going on, you know. But I'm like, they're telling me we're going to – the secretary was my friend. The secretary of the lawyer was my friend. So she's like, just kind of telling me, how we're just getting our ducks in a row. We're going to depose you. And so Valentine's Day, I go down there and get deposed about the what happened and uh, – then, and it, by this time, see the man-made lake, he had developed a uh, man-made lake uh, in a town called Rathrum, which is a little north of Coeur d'Alene. And Rathrum had a reputation for devil worship, right? For some time, whatever. I'm like, And this isn't that nothing is to be taken. Like, literally, this is a fact. It's just weird. So the, the man-made lake that he built looks like a snake kind of surrounding an island. There's an island and a snake surrounding it that ha has kind of a, caricature feature like it's a, a living animal you know and yeah. so i just i thought okay you go on that island and then the snake squeezes you and it's, you know it's like a boa constrictor or whatever you know it's just like a perilous 
thing you go on the island thinking oh this is a beautiful island and then you're dead because the snake kills you it kind of looks like it could be like that right so i wrote to all the real estate companies in town you know beware of selling lots on this island there's freaking weird demonic kind of crap going on you know there could be a psychologically impacted property i was just i mean i literally sent and i sent to the newspaper and all this crap you know but nothing nobody did it i was just a crazy son of a bitch didn't know what he's talking about you know so uh of course of course so uh we're in court on june 5th 2006 and the lawyer for the guy that tortured me says mr mcphee will be in uh, my office tomorrow to answer mr johnson's i'm mr johnson so he'll be in my office tomorrow to answer mr johnson's interrogatories and tomorrow was 666 and i like at that moment i mean stuff at at this time you it's hard a lot of this is really personal and so it's hard to like you know people take their like uh scrutinizing you know view of everything but this is really personal and, and i had been thrown out of places slandered as a sex offender pedophile rapist stalker all these things because of my eyes and the way i would look at people that just so people start talking and I couldn't go anywhere really without people uh believing things about me or you know it felt like that it was definitely i would definitely get thrown out i'd get people slapping me hitting me uh i was probably <laughs> the most ostracized person ever <laughs> it felt like that so all of a sudden there's this thing in court where you know i was deposed on valentine's day and then the 666 thing as soon as that happened i'm like okay i'm the good guy i got this i got this i'm the good guy it's official <laughs> You know the 666 thing then on 911 they uh screwed me over for child support the lawyer against me called my ex-wife and said yeah we can because i had got the state to reduce it to you know minimal amount because i wasn't making any money and they freaking wrecked it right back up to where i was making money as a realtor you know and the lawyer against me filed these affidavits about how much i was making he knew damn well i wasn't making a damn thing and so anyway 911 they screwed me over in court on that and uh so that was like okay boom 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 now we're now we're into the you know getting to where it's an absolute fact that there's religious shit going on and uh the guy first guy to see my pendant on the internet wrote me and said i want it turned right side up you know because it was upside down in the picture and i didn't even know anybody would see it i seriously had no idea if anybody would ever even see it i didn't know how to market i didn't know how to uh what's it called when you put your website out there so more people see it you know uh market it you're right market it yeah just uh where the, promote it so searches so searches find it I oh idea. um yeah I, I forget what i forget the exact term is for that but i know what you mean yeah 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 so i had nothing and i didn't know anybody saw it and this guy emails me from new york and he's like i like your pendant but i want to turn the other way and i'm like that's the way i designed it you know so okay so i called the the actual physical jeweler guy who cast the pendant and I said, can't turn it the other way. He says, yes. So, but he had to make a new mold. He had to kind of, it was a little bit oblong and he had to uh, do some work on it. And by the time he did a new mold, it was shrunk. So the mirrors I had didn't fit. Right. So then I had to order new mirrors from a place, you know, custom. So that was like big money. And it was like big money for me. And, but anyway, I finally, I got the mirrors. I got the, the new ones and they're freaking i mean that's where uh i say it's the most beautiful jewelry ever created and 
that's because when I first looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful jewelry ever created. I mean, it wasn't like egotistical, it was not at all. It's just like, this is freaking beautiful. You know, it's like this, oh my God, this is beautiful sterling silver, polished up nice. The guy's a craftsman, you know. So I put it in the mailbox and I tell the guy online, uh, it's the most beautiful jewelry ever created. And so I'm tortured. It doesn't change anything about being tortured and suffering. I'm suffering unbelievably constantly 24 hours a day but uh sitting in my chair you know eyes closed and i get up to my computer and check my email and there's a letter from the guy he says that received the penance they really are beautiful when i put one of them on i felt this surge of power it was an indescribable experience i can't say what happened when i put as soon as i put it on you know? but so here i am like now we're totally into the realm of that is freaking amazing but i had no idea what i couldn't put any there's nothing to attach it to it's just all this freaking miraculous stuff keeps happening and i had nothing to attach it to nothing and i did not pray i did not i was laying on my back felt like i was near near death my heart was ready to stop beating it felt like and uh i was just like was i wrong about god was i wrong about jesus you know i was like no i wasn't wrong so i didn't change you know i was like i wasn't wrong i this is not has nothing to do with punishing me for not believing in Jesus or some shit, you know? So I, okay. Then, uh, my kids came over with the DVD for, uh, lost the television show. Yeah. For the, for the first season. And so I started as soon as I like for damn near, like immediately I knew it was a spiritual show. I was like, this show is, is about spirituality. So I got really into it. I, they brought over the second season. I got the first two seasons, and then I think it was on Netflix or something. I watched more yeah. seasons up to season five. It was on season five about halfway through when I started watching live. And I got on a forum, lost.com, to talk about it. And I told people goddess spoke to me. Or no, the goddess hadn't spoke to me yet, right? So I'm on the forum, and I named myself New Age Messiah because there was – you have to name yourself something. It's like, okay, I'm new age Messiah because this crap is, uh, miraculous. There's and at the time I was still referring to him as God, you know, God, I have a, I found a, uh, blog that I wrote before the God who spoke to me. This was, I just called it God. I didn't have any, there was no, in fact, I thought the idea of a goddess was ridiculous. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why would that green day song, you know, Tell me all your thoughts on God because I'd really like to meet her. You know, but to me that was repulsive. It's like, what the hell? Like, just that's bull. You know, so there's not not the slightest idea of Egyptian, of goddess, of anything, right? None. But in Lost, there was Egyptian shifts stuff going on. But anyway, uh, I they started to make fun of me a little bit, but they thought it was kind of curious. You know, the New Age Messiah. You know, whatever. Uh, look your heart in the mirror stuff and that and so I became very popular on the lost forum or you know as most of the conversation was driven by me uh because I was just more crazy than everybody else and I said you know what I mean it's like so so uh during this time okay I go I go to the coffee shop I'm going to the coffee shop every day at this time right during this period I, I go down to uh downtown coffee shop not Starbucks it used to be Starbucks but they threw me out stop stop yep. I need your help okay. I need your help in this one game 
No, it's all good. You can get they're they're talking to each other in the background. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, so uh, I just get outside the door, both of you. I love kids, so I don't even. <laughs> Hi, kids. Oh, you got a girl. I'll send you a little necklace. Here, let me show you. I got. See if can she see the uh, computer? Yeah. Hey, Bella, you want to show you something? What? He wants to show you something. Look. You see that? Yeah, she sees it. <laughs> so you, I got necklaces. Yeah, look at that. Pretty necklaces and bracelets. The bracelet you can't see. Uh, oh, yeah, there. See. See, I got uh, little kids jewelry. It's a sil uh, silicone rubber Did now. It's, tell you? it's getting pretty. It's getting pretty advanced. Anyway, so. Uh, lost. Yeah, lost. So we got lost there. So <laughs> all of a sudden, like. I go to I go downtown. I've been going to the coffee shop every day as my little ritual thing. I go to the coffee shop in the gym. That's pretty much all I could do. I was in shape, thinking I was going to be a hero at this time. You know, I'm like, I need to be buff. I need to be because I'm going to take on the world, and you know, I'm going to win this lawsuit, and the whole world's going to take notice and acknowledge me and all this. You know, so I'm still in the hero mode. But anyway, I go down there and talk to the guy who's a intellectual. Uh, scholar type and he's we're talking about lost and he says the egyptians were the first he says the egyptians were the first civilization major civilization to go away from worshiping the goddess yeah and when i said when he said goddess there was like a twinkling because i felt like i was in a womb and the black hole thing that i was going through i felt like i was in a womb and when he said goddess i had this little twinkling in my heart because i remember like in junior high or early high school, there was a history class and they, there was a history of religions. And I remember seeing this bird goddess. Was, yeah, I, I know what we're going to talk about. I just can't there's think of a bird that. goddess. And it, and it, and I remember the warm feeling having at that point, but that was like, that's all I had. It was like a five second warm feeling thinking about this bird goddess, right? Putting its wings around you or something, you know? So anyway, I go home from that. And I think within a day or two, I'm laying on my back. There's, I uh, have rented the rooms in my house to a couple of hooligans, you know, trying to, it was, wasn't my house. It was my landlord's house, but he was letting me rent the rooms to help uh, with the money. And they were making noise in the kitchen. It was just, you know, guys you would never have anything to do with, you know, but they're paying the rent or, you know, so I'm like, well, I'm so miserable. Why am I living in this? And I laid down, I'm laying on my back, like in misery thinking, you know, what the hell. And then that's when she spoke to me and just out of the clear blue, complete silence. But it came from within. It wasn't like from without. It was within my soul. But it was a woman's voice in plain English. I'm very angry. Tef nut cooking or tef, I'm not. Here's what I absolutely positively heard was Tef cooking. And I couldn't because the second syllable made no sense to me. So I'm like, it didn't I didn't know what she said. But it was Tef something cooking. So I immediately thought I had a scratched up Teflon pan. I'm thinking, is my Tef, is she pissed off because I'm cooking in my scratched up Teflon pan and I'm eating the poison? Or, you know, it's like, why, why is she mad? And then, or why is whoever mad? I didn't even think who, or, you know, I had no idea. Then, so like a day or two later, I'm like, finally, it's like, okay, that was a goddess. That was a goddess that spoke to me. That's the only thing it could possibly be was a goddess. And then, uh, 
I told my kids that God spoke to me and stuff, you know, and it took like three, four, five, six weeks. So I'm like, I don't know the time frame exactly, but I checked out another book at the library by Elizabeth Pinch called The Gods and Goddesses of Egypt or some something like that. So I'm going through the book. And remember, I but and also during that time, I realized the missing word was her name. Was that, that's her name. Whatever that word was that I didn't get, that's her name. So that was in my mind, right? So I'm reading this book and I see the word Tefna or Tefnut. I don't even know how she pronounced it. But in the book um, about Egyptian gods and goddesses, I'm like, holy shit, there it is. That's her. That's who spoke to me, Tefnut. So uh, I start searching the internet for everything I can find about Tefnut. And she was the original mother. You know, there's like the creator created Shu and Tefnut were the two that spawned all the other gods and goddesses and she's there's stories about her being the most powerful you know whatever blah 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 and she took the soul eye so there's a the all-seeing eye according to the book by elizabeth pinch is related to tefnut and then so anyway i had this thing you know tefnut's real i started making on the internet forum i was on a conspiracy theory forum conspiracy theory forum and saying all this to rubbing Christianity into the mud and saying, you know, Christianity is over, you know, blah, blah, blah. Was, you know, basically announcing that I, the, I'm the new age Messiah and Tefnut is uh, pissed off. I'm very, she's angry. She's cooking. And then as I studied more about Tefnut, I came across this thing uh, that her name was changed to Mott in uh, coffin texts which is like the Egyptian scrolls yeah. or whatever, you know? So somewhere in the coffin text, it says that uh, Atum changed Tefnut's name to Mott. And what's weird is that when I told the guy that ordered the pennant, they'd had the experience about my story. He said, that's Mott. And it, you know, that's, that this is going back a year or something, you know, that's Mott. And then all of a sudden I realized, okay, Tefnut is Mott. So Mott rules all the gods and goddesses and she's, you know, a big deal. The pharaohs had to do her will and everything. So I'm not going to say this for an absolute fact, but Mott is Tefnut, I think. And then this uh, wisdom keeper guy from Egypt was talking to Stephen Mailer, who's a, a scholar, and says the Sphinx is Tefnut because, you know, in according to Egyptian wisdom keeper, uh, the Sphinx is Tefnut, right? So this is another thing. I, as I find out things, you know, as yeah. this is going on time, time, you know, whatever, a year later or something like that. So uh, I find that out and I post on this conspiracy theory forum that the Sphinx is Tefnut and there's a story about the Sphinx talking to a guy saying he's going to make him pharaoh if, she, if he gets the sand off the bottom of the sphinx right there was supposedly in this story there was a ton of it is it's a story i'm not saying it's true but there's a story yeah. that Tef, the, the sphinx spoke to a guy and said get the sand off of me and i'll make you pharaoh and he did and she did and the guy became pharaoh right so i i found this story and i posted it on the conspiracy theory forum that this story happened it was just not like as anything, just a matter of fact, this is a story about the Sphinx because the Sphinx is Tefnut. Tefnut speaks to me, so this is kind of wild, right? 
And then the next day in the news, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating, the time frame was so tight. There's a story in the news about they uncovered a statue of this pharaoh that the Sphinx supposedly talked to. <laughs> this is like the next day. <laughs> There's a story in the news, right? So I post that story under the same thread, I think. It's like, look at this. Shit. I told you guys, you know, whatever. I'm going to be the next pharaoh. <laughs> you know, I was kind of making... I'm just trying to decide what the hell is going on. You know, I, I say I'm a yeah. new age Messiah, all this shit. You know, I'm not, I don't even know what that means, except that's what I named myself and all this shit is happening to make it true. I'll, I named that self and then the God spoke to me. And then these, you know, bizarre. So I only named myself that because I sacrificed myself. I found something new, you know, it's like, and there was miracles and it was obviously religious. So what am I? I'm the new age Messiah, you know, whatever. So, uh, I end up being the only person in the world to solve loss. Like I found the hidden meaning of it in the uh, airline names and flight numbers, which signify religion versus spiritual. And the religion was the evil that was needs to be brought up. If you don't, if evil, if religion gets into the world, the world will end basically. And we need to uh, be spiritual, not religious. This is the message of the show as the, the fact that I solved loss is indisputable if you look at it from a perspective of things that happened in the finale and especially like the last, you know, season part of season five, but mostly season six. For, I mean, it was just like a sledgehammer. All the things that I said that the show was talking about happened yeah. or were completely blatantly illustrated. Like I said, uh, Oceanic 815 was the good airline, and 815 8/5 was the golden ratio. 8/5 instead mm -hmm. of 815, it was 8/5 was you know 8/5 the golden ratio. And then Oceanic was the oceanic consciousness, or you know like where you are one, where the world is one. Your you you know reality is unified or whatever. You don't feel any separation between yourself and anything else. You're just everything's all one thing kind of the realization of that it's called oceanic consciousness so oceanic represented that spiritual enlightenment and then the ajira 316 was the other airline and that represented john six john 316 and the religion and that was yeah. evil and i said okay this and this is i said this at after season five i made this theory right and then season six comes along and um they have, I said, the Richard guy represents the Pope and everything. And he denied Jacob as like the Messiah figure in Lost. And uh, Richard denies Jacob three times. He says he's the uh, go-between, between, between uh, you know what I mean? He's like the appointed go-between. So they were, he represented the Pope. I said he represented the Pope. And then on the, in the when they had the replays going, they had at the bottom of the screen, they, they basically said Richard is the go-between, you know? It's like... So he's like the Pope <laughs> and he rep and his Ricardus, you know, I had him, I had it completely nailed. And that's only the beginning. Like uh, they showed an oceanic water bottle. The guy's got to drink this water to become a uh, master of the Island or whatever, the special water. And because the one guy got stabbed and he's going to die, Jack is going to die. And so they need a new guy and they hand him oceanic water bottle with this water in it and they show it clear. It's like advertising for oceanic water, right? He's going to drink this water to become, you know, the, the new, 
whatever protector of the island, which was this religious figure, you know, and he drinks out of an oceanic water bottle. And then they have Desmond, who's the kind of the prophet guy. He's talking about enlightenment and he gets gets this radioactive super freaking to be able to go into the source of the core, the core of the island to do some mystery thing, unplug it or something. And he gets, he's the only person in the world who can go there and they show him getting shocked and getting all this crazy crap happened to him. Then he floats into the sky. They show the sky like heaven. Right. And then they show him immediately after that, like the scene, there's a uh, cut to the scene where he's standing in front of the oceanic sign in the airport, you know, oceanic. And then he's, the whole, and then this is where it's like I told my kids because they came over for the finale, right? I said, This is the meaning of the show, blah, 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 blah. So the finale comes on and it opens up with just oceanic, beautiful sky, you know, beauty, 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 oceanic logo on stuff. So the first 30 seconds of the finale of the series is oceanic in like a heavenly sense. That's a total impression you get. I'm like, told you, see, there it is, oceanic. And then uh, just there's there's more, there's more, but I solved lost. I'm the only person in the world who solved lost, and it's about religion versus spiritual, and there's all kinds of crap about mirrors in the show. Uh, there's a goddess. In fact, the, the source of the island was like a, a hole in the ground that looked – like a vaginal canal or, you know, it's like, the, so yeah. the source is like a feminine, right? So like, okay, there's, and then they called, uh, they basically referred to the source of the island as the heart of the island. And it was basically a goddess and blah, blah, blah. So that was like, okay, I'm the only person in the world to solve loss. I'm the only person in the world who knew what loss was about. I, I'm thinking, okay, all this stuff happens. People are going to start listening to me eventually, right? Nobody did. They just said, oh, bullshit. Fuck you, you know? very maybe like one out of a hundred people would have something even remotely positive to say they made fun of my jewelry i went crap you know just all i got was derision and nothing changed really except that i knew more and more i just became more and more uh convinced that i was the new age messiah you know not that that means anything not saying it means anything at all the idea that people have a messiah is ridiculous there ain't no god intercoursing with some virgin to make a baby to save everybody from the devil that's any and he don't walk on water and he ain't going to save the world and he ain't coming back and killing all the bad people you know none of that's it's all crap so like i have no idea what the new age messiah is i just know that i said i was it based on facts not based on ego at all and shit started happening to confirm it right then like on 12 21 12 i made a website that can't be mentioned because it's very prop, uh controversial but i made a website on 12 21 12 and that website went viral and i was in world news and i said on my website i said this is kind of funny that i made this site on 12 21 12 because I'm the new age Messiah, right? <laughs> it's kind of weird. And then they made fun of me more. A crazy son of a bitch, you know. They was, the website was on Anderson Cooper. It was in, uh, you know, the the idea of it was in magazines all around the world. And I had like millions of hits on my website, but they uh, they hacked it and didn't let anybody see it, you know. 
by yeah. the by the way you can make it so you can, people can't find it they did that all of a sudden it was the, the views just went boop so i was kind of taken out on that but the fact that i made that site on 12 21 12 which was the mayan calendar date you know and the fact that that website would completely the facts of that website would pretty much destroy the cabal and it's what we think of as the cabal that you know the, the, whatever the evil people who are kind of completely control us turn us into prisoners on earth and own everything you'll own nothing and be happy all those those kind of people would be would lose a lot of power if my story becomes a movie which i'm trying to get it made into a movie that those people lose a lot of power and a lot of people will be uh very serious mud on their faces including but the problem is is that the religious people will be screwed the political people will be screwed everybody will be screwed nobody is comes out better you know except for humanity but they have to release a lot of the crap that they hold true so that's pretty much i can't think of anything that's radical to add to the story but the, you know so the mirror jewelry uh shine a light there there's a few things there that are worth mentioning the look your heart in the mirrors l-y-h-i-t-m so that's like lightum they put my company in the yellow pages as a lighting stores and so I, so we put n in front of it and lightum so when you shine a lot of light on somebody you enlighten them and you know the age of enlightenment uh for little kids you know l-y is love you when you look your heart in the mirror your heart says back l-y love you h-i hi tm trust me you know look your heart in the mirror love you hi trust me uh and they're miraculous which is another coincidence <laughs> they're you know the jewelry is miraculous the guy put it on and had a freaking experience he can't describe and somebody else put one of the clay ones on in my apartment she didn't put it in writing or anything but she came out of her room or my my house that uh she was a tenant at my house I gave her a pen and she put it on. It was a clay one that I made, and she came out of her room and said, "Oh my God, I don't know that fucking world. felt weird when I when I put that on, you know." So something was, and this is early on. This is like one of the first, you know. So, but nothing has happened since, and those were really they aren't meant to mean anything except for to tell me that I'm on the right track because, like I say, you you know you lose don't want to lose focus on the fact that I'm near death and and I still suffer. I'm you know there will come a there's a there's still this black hole thing is a you know massive amount of <clears throat> negative energy whatever you want to say that's about to flush it's like i can just feel it as any second i'm thinking okay it's going to be any second and any second i'm going to be able to because i was very uh i was very good with words and i could mm -hmm. I, I could create a i could create uh persuasion with how I was and I can't persuade anybody now with the way, you know, my soul is screwed up. I can't persuade anybody of anything anymore. <laughs> I have no persuasive abilities whatsoever. So, you know, and as a result, nothing really happens. The only way I sell any jewelry is if the kids are, you know, I make most of kids stuff If the kid, the parents come and see how cute it is. And, you know, so I've had kids swarm my table and the electricity of it has been, but they don't have wallets. They don't have car keys. You know what I mean? They don't, and so nothing has really happened to speak of with the jewelry, except it's getting better and better, and it's closer and closer to being like uh, marketable, like in Walmart, you know, quality, yeah, type thing. So uh, 
what else? That's that's the story, I guess. You know, I lost the lawsuit. The judge, the judge was former partners with a lawyer against me, and just they just he made the biggest ass of himself ever with his pronouncements, and then he withdrew from the case on appeal because I found out he was former partners. Like, you know what I mean? It's like so. Yeah. That was like that was like going to be my this. I'm going to be a hero, and then freaking. And at that point, my landlord who invested in my company and saved me from Rescue California, he kept with me at that point. You know, he's like, it's okay. He just kept <laughs> with me. And, and he's a he's a hero beyond any words that kept to keep me alive and to you know and he was a Christian too so he didn't I didn't tell him ever that I declared myself New Age Messiah or any of that stuff because I just it was a very personal thing but he kept with me he kind of knew that was going on as a Christian he kept with me you know so I really can't say enough how great that guy was you know yeah is and is and like yeah that's it so yeah go ahead and talk i talked (laughs) tell tell me tell me what's kind of on your mind about it if you have any questions if you want to say anything oh i mean well where to begin is the thing (laughs) that i mean that whole story was miraculous it's a true it should be a movie that story that would be a great movie or mini series on tv but it truly would but so you said you had no contact with Ma or Tefnut since the first time? Right. She spoke once. I'm very angry Tefnut cooking. And that was enough because I was like, okay, I know what's going on. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. But it's just usually usually if they talk to someone, they usually talk like every so often. Like it's not it's like a no, nope, that was it. And I don't and I and I'm certainly not worthy to be spoken to, and especially in my condition, I couldn't communicate anything more because i'm tortured i i am suffering you know uh, constantly so the about the movie part i got to tell because that sparked uh a little just a everything in this story happened movie-esque like the guy that tortured me lived on a lake right and he's a dope smoking fiend and just massive freaking dope and uh this private plane crashed on the lake in front of his place you know and he did he had jet ski jumped on his jet ski and pulled the guy out of the lake out of the plane uh saved his life the plane exploded just like in the movies i'm not kidding it was in the news he was on the news my girlfriend drove by on her way home saw the ambulances and the news crew and everything goes home there he is on tv the guy that freaking tortured me and basically murdered me if i wasn't if if I didn't have all those miracles happen, I'd be dead a thousand times over since since then, you know. So as you say, so anyway, he uh she sees him, she's in love with him, and she sees him uh in the news, you know, and oh what a wonderful guy, and he's such a hero, he saved this guy's life, right? And it's what's written and, and added to that that this is a movie type thing, right? And I'm laying on my back, I find out that he saved a guy's life, I'm laying on my back. Barely able to answer my phone. Mike just saved the guy's life. You know, <laughs> he just pulled the guy from the plane. You know, I'm like, oh God, no. And because <laughs> it just made him more of a dream guy for my girlfriend. You know, he just more of a dream. It just is just beyond. It. But then I didn't realize this immediately. It took like a while because I was listening to uh, Radiohead on repeat i mean i had five radio, yeah. i had a five cd thing radiohead 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 and so i was listening to radiohead all the time and uh there's a song called lucky 
where they say, pull me out of the air crash, pull me out of the lake. They're freaking crazy, but I'm listening to that song. I'm like, is that really what they said in that freaking song, right? So it's like, okay. And and I mean, Radiohead is real. literally, if you're into Radiohead and the way they sing and the way they, the feelings that they, I mean, the vulnerability that, that's in that and just the, it's, it's very close to synchronizes with my story very, very closely. It's like the same thing. I mean, uh, what was it? Oh, so the first, one of the first jobs I get are, you know, I'm doing temp. I'm coming back to life a little bit. You know, I'm starting to work temp, starting to pay my own way a little bit. And uh, there's an ad in the paper for a porta potty porta potty company, right? They need somebody. The guy just quit. They got to clean up them toilets and the guy doesn't want to do it himself. So he's hired somebody. So I go over there and, you know, start driving a porta potty truck. And the, one of the first places I go is this man-made lake that I freaking set up to build as a real estate guy. You know, I did all the meetings. I freaking picked the spot. I picked the layout of how many, you know, basically turn it into a residential lot. What I wanted to do was cheap lots, nothing fancy houses on a lake so that people could afford to live on a lake without being rich. And that was my idea and in the city limits. So that was, so there's this man-made lake in the city limits. I've never seen it. I set it up. I should be a millionaire because of it. But luckily they went broke because the market went right when they got it built. I mean, the market was like on fire. And then as soon as they got it built, the market completely crashed. So it was like, there you go, guys. They, lost, that? All, they lost all their money. But the first the first time I go on that man-made lake project, I'm in a freaking porta potty truck cleaning toilets. That's the, you know what I mean? You couldn't, I mean, who? what screenwriter could think of that? The guy, the guy sets it up and then, and then the first time he ever sees it, he's in a freaking porta potty truck cleaning toilets for the construction crews, you know? that. And was it, was that back in 08 when that when they finished building it and everything crashed? It was about that time, yeah. Yeah. yeah See, okay. 2003, he tortured me. And then probably about 2005, he had the permit to build the lake. And then, you know, some that's about the time frame but it the, the the market completely crashed by the, at the very time they were ready to start selling the lots and the houses <laughs> oh that's that's just justice that's just oh man it really was even though i didn't win the case i'm like okay great that's freaking but you know not to take anything away from the guy's talent i mean he's a freaking brain genius amazing guy that everybody has this affinity for as soon as they start talking to him it's like wow this is a guy you know, and even well, pet animals would be like that too. I mean, they say that they say the devil comes in many forms, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he, he attracts everybody to him. It is weird. He is. He's the most magnetic guy, and just easy go. And he had it. He wore a jacket with the word love on it. Mm. Just you know what I mean. Just that extreme of. And I, and I was telling this guy, I was in a bar drinking with this guy who was kind of sort of interested, but he was a He's an idiot. But anyway, I was telling about this guy and the 666 thing and all this stuff. And then the, the guy that tortured me walks into the bar. I said, there he is right there. And he's like, oh, my God, he looks like the fucking devil. <laughs> you know, this is like that. Good day, man. It's freaking weird. Yeah, but, you know, nothing spectacular for me or, you know, about my situation has happened to further... That what I'm thinking is because when this trauma flushes, what I'm hoping is that I'll have some special power or some ability to, but really what I thought from the beginning, like 
within six months or something looking at heart in the mirror and stuff happening i thought all i have to be is normal if i'm normal this thing will explode because of all i have to do is tell exactly what happened in a normal voice and it'll freaking blow people's minds and i can't be what i always say i can't be uh discredited you can't discredit me i've got all the freaking documentation all this shit really happened you know there's there's no possibility of anybody saying, ha ha, look, he's lying. I didn't lie about a single thing, not one stitch. Everything that I said happened, happened. So I believe it. I believe it. And what I will say, though, is if you really do want to try to talk to Mott again, there are plenty of, um, I've met plenty of um, spiritual healers, um, transcendent people that, and there's a lot of them out there that they have, the ability to help like teach you how to communicate probably most most a lot of them could not all of them but a lot of them could because they all talk to different beings themselves whether they're named beings or not they all talk to different beings themselves well that's the thing is that somebody had to at some point otherwise these names wouldn't be written down and you know that's a weird thing is like this is so far from my imagination that this could pop possibly happen in a goddess actually teaching that you just wonder how did anybody ever find out about these gods and goddesses? And what really pisses me off is a lot of these Egyptologists are like, oh, there's gods and goddesses aren't real. They're just figments of, you know, they're just a way of saying things or, you know, they're they're maybe they were aliens or whatever. It's like, no, aliens don't know everything that freaking goes on as it goes on everywhere in the world all at once, which is the only way you can explain the kid cannabis thing of orchestrating dick, 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 all those things into one you know is impossible you have to be omniscient and aliens aren't omniscient they come and look they come and visit you know if they even exist which i doubt but that doesn't mean anything it just means i haven't had any reason to believe in aliens so see so, yeah as my I, as my as my listeners know i'm a huge believer in aliens because i mean the government basically admitted there's UFOs that they don't know what they are. And there's just, there's a lot. I've talked to people who communicate with aliens on this show and there's just a lot of proof of it. Oh, I've life. had, I've had people that I have no reason to disbelieve tell me that they saw Markabas or, you know, and I floated up into space once when I, I did twirling like the, at the Grateful Dead concerts. People used to twirl, I guess, which I didn't know, you know, but I just, I, one night, released all my everything and started twirling to a song dancing. And I ended up spinning, spinning and going up into the universe out of body experience, you know? Huh? Interesting. Yeah. And, and I, and then I found out later, like a lot later that they did that at the grateful dead conference. And it just happens. If you just release everything and start spinning. I mean, I went like a helicopter. I started like, you know how the ice skaters, they get going so yeah. fast. You can't even believe. And then it started to go like that in my consciousness and the person I was up into space. And I, and it took a while for me to come back down, but uh, I don't, and this is just talking, you know, this is just me. This is just generally my brain, my experience, my, what I found to be amazing is that I took no uh, conscious effort to make any of this stuff happen. So I don't want to make a conscious effort to make anything happen. You know, it's like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's outside of my, I don't want to try to manipulate it into happening. You know, the only thing I consciously try to do is 
tell people basically what happened. I don't try to make anything happen. I, you know, I, maybe I do occasionally, but it's like, it never works and, it, and it's just ridiculous. And then as far as aliens, uh, I don't believe anything the government says, no matter what, even if they, well, even if they say, yeah, we did find aliens. I, no matter what they say ever, no matter what ever, I don't believe it ever on its face, no matter what. And I think that they will completely dupe everybody about everything, no matter what. That's all they ever do. That's that's their whole mission in life. Is oh, just, I, I I agree with that one hundred percent. I mean, dupe people, uh, shit out of people. You know, the so go, the, go, the government loves to lie to everybody, and I am a big believer that there's some kind of whether you want to call it Illuminati, New World Order, there's something out there that, of, of powerful people that are controlling what governments do. But yeah. And it's not even our government anymore. It's all, it's a world government, whether it's in name only or whatever, or, you know, there's a, it's a, well, the, the COVID thing proves it, you know, they're all orchestrating it. They're all in it together. They're, you know, there's very, oh, just every freaking snake, everything's the same. Every, you know, you see these newscasters, right? Those uh, on the YouTube where they show all the newscasters saying the exact same thing all across the country. Not good for our democracy. This is dangerous for our democracy. And they all, you know, hundreds of newscasts are saying the same damn thing all across the country. And they're just, they're making a monolithic uh, where you can't disagree. And they censor the shit out of everybody who does. They censored me like mad. They're censoring me right now. My lookyourheartinamere.com website, uh, it says phishing dangerous taking your information it's like i don't even have a field on there where people can put in information you know I, and so you can't go it's like this big red screen at least on my browser it is i don't know if it's per browser but microsoft put this thing out there you can't can't go to my website unless you click oh i i dare to go to this website i'm i'm you know i'm risk taker or whatever so that yeah they and i got everything on that conspiracy site, they completely wiped me out. They totally, everything I ever wrote, they wiped it off the freaking site. Uh, the lost, I got booted off three lost forums. And then the third one that booted me off, I said, come on, man, I didn't do anything wrong. They're freaking making this shit up. Whatever they said is false. I didn't, you know, and he said, okay. They, they, they let me on the lost forum, the one where I eventually had like, Views, views, views. I mean, it was astronomical number of views compared to all the other threads was on my thread. And uh, they let me on, but they had a moderator that was specially on me. And no matter what I posted, that moderator would freaking jump on it immediately. If it was anything even slightly that might hurt somebody's feelings or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just completely strict. On Twitter, I've been able to say just be because I have very low follower count and very low engagement, but I've been a few times like Cernovich replied to me once I said uh Alex Jones and his lawsuit didn't freaking appeal I don't think you know because I was at the time he was getting sued for a trillion dollars or whatever you know I I was watching his show a little bit and I don't ascribe to Alex Jones or anything at all but a little bit you know but uh yeah he's talking about a suit and he didn't appeal and I'm like he's saying what a horrible thing it was and how great of an injustice and he never said he appealed so I kept asking all these pundits on Twitter, why didn't he appeal? Why didn't he appeal? And I said it like 10 times, finally I said it to Cernovich. So why didn't he appeal? <laughs> I asked again and Cernovich replied to me. So things like that will happen. I'll get like 
massive uh, amount of engagement when somebody, big names have replied to me. I caused, uh, not not that my existence is entirely political, but I do think the Democrat Party is just disgusting uh, people for the most part, in the, at least the ones in charge. And uh, I had this meme that was uh, Democrats and demon rats. That's what libs are made of, you know, because I'm more of a conservative, whatever. <laughs> but I, I posted that to Judge Janine, right? And I, yeah. somebody might have said demon rats before me, but I, I, it was original to me. I thought of it on my own, demon rats. Because all you got to do is take the C and turn yeah. it 90 degrees, and it's at the end, demon rats. And I posted that to Judge Janine. I said, whatever. I you know, posted a couple times. She went on her show and said, demon rats. That's what they are, demon rats. <laughs> she said it twice on her show, you know. So I get there's, there's uh, inklings or beginnings of being influential, you know, where it is probably going to happen. But I don't, what happens with the story? I don't know. I really appreciate the time to come on here and talk about it because I haven't had any podcaster invite me on. I haven't had any interest beyond casual sort of, and then within 10 seconds they're gone because people take the isolated events. Like I say, if I say, the kid cannabis yeah. story they're like that's a coincidence but they don't realize that this this like i say a tapestry and that's what they had what, lost was a tapestry as soon, as soon as i saw well whenever people whenever people have stories about synchronicity you have to listen to the whole story you can't just listen to like pieces of it you have to hear the whole story and then it all comes together at the end kind of like, like that this happened here 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 like it happened too many times to be coincidental but yeah i do want to thank you for coming on jay it's been an honor talking to you and it's been your story is amazing, and I can't wait to get this out next month. Watch it; it'll be beginning in March, probably. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little behind with uploading right now, but I got episodes going to February, so I'm not too concerned about it. But thank you for coming on. Where can people find your find your jewelry? Heartmirrors.com. Heartmirrors.com. So it's not a mirror of you; it's a mirror of your heart. Yep. And well, uh, the kids named it that, or they said heart mirrors. They went to my stand and said, heart mirrors. These are heart mirrors. I'm like, oh, okay. That's what I call them, heart mirrors. <laughs> Heartmirrors.com. And then I have a bunch of other sites, but that's the one where the uh, the jewelry is. And it's kind of new, so it's there's not everything on there, but it's kind of, you know. And then there's yeah. the initials, L-Y-H-I-T-M, lookyourheartinthemirror.com, L-Y-H-I-T-M.com. Look your heart in the mirror.com. And then I decided uh, the Milky Way was uh, the goddess Milky. And Milky Way is kind of like the the way of the goddess. Yeah. Being the the Milky Way dot global, I made I bought that site as kind of like the I I said it's the biggest religion in the world because everybody's in it in the Milky Way. <laughs> I like that. It's, like it's the that. biggest religion in the world. So I do kind of think it's a religion, but it doesn't have any rules or nothing that I can, you know, and that's maybe to come. Who knows? Maybe she will start saying shit to me beyond. I'm very angry. Tough not cooking. And then maybe I will have something to write, you know, beyond just this is what happened. It's really just a story so far. There's no real moral to it, except obviously everybody has known since forever that the heart is the place where, the real shit happens, you know, that yeah, it's the love, the beauty. Yeah. It's the, it's the core of your being. There's radio. What do they call it? 
electromagnetic stuff that goes on with the heart. I mean, it's a freaking mega thing that people underestimate vastly. So, but it's like it's the one of the little pitch words, and there's so many. There's, there's only one place in the world you can buy a miracle. Look your heart in the mirror. Exactly. <laughs> Heartmirrors.com. <laughs> so the, oh and it, I have no profit uh, motivation at all. It's, I'm so far behind on it as far as money and everything. But what I say is if you buy a miracle or, you know, buy a couple, buy it's half a dozen, you give one to somebody like a little kid. Like I've always thought, I wish I had one in my pocket. I never do because I never think about it ahead of time. But if I had one in my pocket and I see one of these little kids in the store, you know, that you just fall in love with. I would love to just give them like a little jewelry and say, here, I hope you like this. It, and then you'd be a miracle worker. If you could, if you start passing out little jewelries, little mirror jewelries, you become a miracle worker. <laughs> that's, that's like a little bit of persuasion that I can do. You know, that's kind of like a sales thing. I don't really do the sales thing. That's. Oh, I thank you again for coming on Jay. It's been great talking to you. I advise everyone to go check out his websites and look at his jewelry and, Maybe you do need a miracle out there. My listeners, maybe my listeners do. But all, all my listeners know where they can find me. Be sure to check me out in all the usual places. And I will be back in half a week for another show. Thank you, Jay, once more for coming on. And I will see everybody next time.